0: Hi, this is Tom Sohn, and here are three vital steps to getting started in buy-to-let property investing, plus a fourth vital step that you must follow. Number one, find the right property investment and i emphasize the word right now normally most people would go on right move go on zoopla search through the property lists and try and find a property that they think would be a good investment a property that they like a property that they think looks good and sometimes they go for it sometimes they don't sometimes they make an offer sometimes it's accepted sometimes it's not but normally speaking, that's what most people do to try and find a property investment. But the right property investments or the best property investments are normally not found on the open market. Normally, the property experts, the, the sourcing experts, the real experienced property investors, they normally find the really good property investment deals before they go to the open market. Or they normally find those property investments that are on the open market that are hidden gems. Deals that not everybody else would identify as a really good property investment. And there's loads of ways to identify those deals, but they're actually quite tricky to find unless you're experienced, unless you've got the right contacts and the right connections. So it's not always the best way. In fact, it's very rarely the best way to just go on right move, search through, find the property that stands out to you and go ahead and buy it. And that's not to say you can't do that, but I'm just saying that it's not the best way. The best property deals are not always on the open market. Plus, if you can find an off-market property investment, and I'll give you a couple of tips on how to get those, but if you can find an off-market property investment, then there's less people competing with you to buy it, there's very minimal chance of things like gazumping, or being outbid, or finding those great property investments in the first place. For an example, if you go through a sourcing agent, then a sourcing agent will find you off-market, normally below-market value property deals, and they'll only ask you, If you're the one that agrees to buy it, then it's yours. No one else is gonna come along because no one else has been offered offered that property. It's not gone on the open market. So first things first, get yourself a really good property sourcer. Now, obviously I have a property broker, which is a network of sourcing agents in various parts of the country that i think are really good property investment locations so if you want me to connect you up with my sourcing agents that i've bought through and that work with me then by all means send me an email or comment on this or contact me through my facebook page one way or another get in contact with me and i'll just connect you by email with my sourcing agent and then you can discuss properties there anyway but If you go with a sourcing agent, you'll normally come up with a much better property investment deal because they're normally off market. They're normally much better um, investments because maybe you can get a bit of a discount on the price or maybe you can add some value to it. Maybe you can do a light refurbishment to it and increase the value. Maybe there are are some other options there, but anyway, sourcing agents is one way or you can start working on estate agents and nurturing them so that they bring you property investment deals before anyone else. And now that's a trickier way to do it because, of course, most good estate agents will already have a list of property investors. And to get onto that list is quite difficult. But to get onto the priority list is even more difficult. Like, for an example, I have a buy to let VIP list, and that's where you're on that list and you will be notified about buy-to-let properties first. You will get all those buy-to-let properties before they go elsewhere. And that's a really good list to be on if you want to get into property investing because it means you can see those deals and offer on those deals first. So a really good list for everyone to try and get onto. Doesn't matter where you are, what agent you're with, ask them to join some sort of VIP list where you'll get those properties first. Okay, so I guess to wrap that little bit up, finding the right property investment isn't just about going on the market and seeing what's on the market. It's about dealing with the right people, partnering with the right people, being in contact with the specialists that know what they're doing. And that leads on to the second vital step that you must follow here, in order to invest in a buy-to-let property. And that is to do your due diligence, of course, but also stick to your due diligence. And I'll give you a couple of tips about due diligence. Number one is make sure that you've got evidence of comparable property sales. And I use those words very carefully. Comparable property sales, what does that mean? Well. It's not just about having a look to see what other properties are on the market that are similar to the one that you're looking at. Because on the market means not sold. Nobody's bought it. Nobody wants to buy it. It means that it is on the market and there is no evidence to say that it is actually worth that amount. You've got to only focus on sold properties. Sale, not sale agreed, sale completed. Now you can find those, you can look at those on Rightmove, just go up to house prices, or you can find them on the land registry. There's loads of places that you can get completed sale prices. And that is a really good tool. And there's a couple of reasons for it. Number one, it shows you exactly the evidence of other people buying properties that are similar to yours. You can't really dispute that evidence. Number two, the chances are, the person who's buying the property from you or The surveyor who's going to be valuing it for your mortgage lender is also looking at completed sale prices. Surveyors only go on evidence. So check out the completed sale prices and don't always speculate much higher if yours is a bit better. Don't speculate too high if it's been a year since the last sale. I can promise you a surveyor is not as optimistic as you. A surveyor is not also as invested in that property as you. Yes, you want it to be 10 or 20,000 pounds more than what you're buying it for. Of course you do. But a surveyor might not agree with you unless there is definite evidence to support that. So that's why I said do the due diligence, but also stick to the due diligence don't try and inflate these things be absolutely 100 percent logical factual and evidence based so that's on the values but also you have to check if you're going to put that property on the market for rent then i do what's called positioning due diligence and all of these things are really easy to say they're very easy sentences positioning due diligence try and say that 10 times after a couple of beers but positioning <laughs> positioning due diligence. So what does that mean? If you go onto the rental market, I oh don't know, choose Rightmove or Zoopla, one of those, and you have a look and see how many properties are on the market compared to yours that are similar to yours. Say for an example, you're, you've got a three-bedroomed house or you're buying a three-bedroomed house. Have a look in the local area for three-bedroomed houses and you'll see how many are on the market. Now, if there's loads on the market, there's two things to do. I'm interrupting with an important request. Use my lettings team to find your next tenant to fully manage your property or both. It doesn't matter whether you've already got a letting agent and you fancy a change or you just want to find a good tenant. Email me direct. It's tom at Uk, Or use my property team to find you a good buy-to-let property. Off market, below market value, high yield buy-to-let properties. Join my buy-to-let VIP list and we'll send those buy-to-let properties straight to your email. Again, contact me direct. It's tom at Group.co.uk, or you can message me through my Facebook page or just comment below and we'll contact you. First of all, just accept that there is going to be a lot of competition for your property. And that means there are going to be a lot of properties for potential tenants to choose from. Secondly, don't go for being the most expensive on the rental market. And that goes a little bit deeper. If you've got one property on the market, or so let's say for an example, you've just searched three bedroom properties in your area and they range from 700 per month to 1,000 per month. Right, that's a bit of a big range. Let's do 800 a month up to 1,000 a month for that three bedroom house in that area. First of all, have a look at the 1,000 pound one, which you're gonna do anyway. You wanna know which is the best one on the market, because of course you wanna see if yours is gonna be able to get the top money on the market. Have a look at the best one on the market and compare it to yours honestly. Be honest, be ruthless with it as well. You know, just if you've looked at the top one on the market and it's nicely decorated, it's got a brand new kitchen, brand new bathroom and a conservatory, and yours is pretty much the same, but it hasn't got a conservatory, yours is not gonna be worth a thousand. And think of it logically. If a tenant is looking on the open market for a rental property, and they see two properties on the market for a thousand pounds a month, one of them's got a conservatory, one of them hasn't got a conservatory, they're gonna go for the thousand pound with a conservatory, of course. Now, all right, that's a bit of a blunt way of working that out, but you get my point. I hope, anyway. You have to value your property like for like, and then you've got to position your property. In that exact instance, if your property is identical pretty much to another property, that one's on for a thousand pound, and you're thinking, well, I'll put mine on for a thousand pound, but you're also thinking, I really want to rent this out quickly. Why not put it at 975? Think about it again using the example I just gave you. If you've got a really good tenant looking at a three bedroom house in that area and they've got one option of a thousand pounds and a practically identical house for 975, then they're gonna go with yours at 975. Of course they are. That means that your property will rent out faster. But wait, I know what you're thinking. But then I lose 25 quid. Yes, you do. But now let's imagine that the £1,000 property is on the market for a month, which is very common. It's on the market for a month. you just lost a potential £975 of income. How many £25 is that? Quah, I can't even begin to work it out. What is it, about 39 or something like that. 39 months of £25 is what you've sacrificed in order to get a tenant straight into the property as quickly as possible. All right. Again, blunt way of working it out, but you get my point. It's better to get a tenant into the property for nine seven five today than it is to get a tenant into the property for a thousand in a month's time. But there's more. If the property truly is worth a thousand, then you can increase it. There's nothing to stop you doing that. If you do it in the right way, of course. But if you follow the right procedure, there's nothing to stop you increasing the rent. You get the tenant in and then you can increase it to market value. The tenant will be feeling that they've got a great deal because they're moving into a thousand pound house for a 975 rent, great. And you can be honest with them about it. I always think it's great to be honest with your tenants because then there's nothing to argue. There's no arguments to be had if you're constantly honest about it, but you can tell the tenant, hey look, gonna move you in at 975, and then in two years time, it'll be going up to a thousand. Are you happy with that? Yes, I am happy with that. Great, move in. Great, fantastic job done. But what I'm trying to get to here is, that's the due diligence positioning or the positioning due diligence. You're doing your due diligence on where your property is gonna be positioned on the open market. And that's a really, really good way of forecasting your numbers. Because again, going back to your due diligence, you're of course gonna be looking at the values. You're of course gonna be looking at the sold properties and the let properties on the market that are also let agreed and sale agreed. You're gonna of course be looking at positioning. You're gonna be looking at all of those things that calculate whether this is a good property investment or not. And that leads me to the third vital point for investing in buy-to-let properties. And that is to calculate everything and include everything in your calculations and this part is vital i see this missed all the time so first of all when you're buying a property i see it as two phases when you're investing in a property there's two phases there's the purchase and then there's the project so the purchase in my this is how i see things you might be different to me but this is how i see it Your purchase is just part of the project, right? The project is the overall project, of course, to get a tenant or to turn that investment into money. So the way I view all of my property investments is that the project is not complete until the money starts coming in. That's when the project is complete. So therefore, if I think of it like that, I include every single cost and expense all the way up until the point where that property investment starts returning some money. And that's the first rent payment normally. So let's look at it like that. Then there are also things that people get wrong. I see it so many times where they calculate all of the costs and they only include certain purchase costs. For an example, purchase price, stamp duty, legal fees refurbish whatever they only include those costs they don't include things like mortgage broker fee mortgage lenders legal fees survey all of those additional costs are always missed and i never understand why also with the refurbishment what they do is get a quote at the beginning twenty thousand pounds for a refurbishment let's just say and that's what they build into their calculation they don't add a contingency they don't add any form of project management if there's that involved. They don't add, um, I don't know, going back to the purchase costs. There might be an auction fee. There might be a deposit. There might be a sourcing fee, whatever. And then once you've bought the place, there could be letting fees and inventory costs and advertising fees and all these things, even things like smoke alarms, carbon monoxide alarms, all of these things that you've got to buy as a buy to let property investor and investing as part of your overall investment project. I see half of it missed all the time. You should see my spreadsheet. My spreadsheet is just lists of all of these costs for every single property investment that I buy. And, and hey, I'd rather be thorough and I'd rather overcalculate. I'd rather estimate that my costs are gonna be much larger than they actually are. Fantastic, more money for me. But you've got to include all of those things, include every single cost you possibly can. And you know what, if you've got a good solicitor, they'll give you a full estimate right at the beginning where they'll talk through every single cost that could come up. Even bank transfer fees. Okay, some some solicitors will charge you 30 quid to transfer money to you. All of these things have got to be included To give you a true reflection on what your cash is doing for you so make sure you include everything in your calculations and make sure you stick to your calculations if you work it out and it turns out this property investment's not going to be a very good return on investment it's not a very good yield then don't be afraid to not buy it it's just a pile of bricks there's another pile of bricks down the road there's always another property to invest in People have been investing in properties for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, years. which means there's always a property to invest in. Property prices have gone up. Property prices have gone down. Mortgage rates have gone up. Mortgage rates have gone down. The economy's been shit. The economy's been great. Doesn't matter. That's never stopped successful property investors from investing. And what successful property investors do better than anybody else is the things that I'm just telling you right now. They find the right property investments and normally they get an expert to get those property investments for them. That's the best way to do it. Like I said earlier on, use my team if you want. Use my team to go and source you off-market, below-market value, or high-yielding property investments. Normally, my team only focus on buy-to-let. Normally, houses, and that's because that's what I like myself. Profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe properties. That's that's what I like, so that's what I have my entire team and all of my network source for my clients. Just contact me. Just email me if you want. Just email me direct. It's Tom at sonegroup.co.uk, tom at sonegroup.co.uk, or you can just contact me through my Facebook page or comment on this, whichever way you need to contact me. If you want my team to source you a really good buy-to-let property, let me know. Anyway, so to wrap those things up before I give you the fourth bonus tip is number one, find the right property investment deal. Number two, oh, and by the way, I'll just finish off what I was just saying, which was what the most successful property investors do that so many people don't, is these things that I'm just telling you now. Number one, find the right property investment deal. Use my team if you need to. Number two, do your due diligence and stick to that due diligence. If the property doesn't stack up, if it's not right, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't look right, don't buy it. And that links with number three, calculate everything and include everything in your calculations and again if it doesn't work out if it doesn't calculate correctly don't buy it move on to the next it's just a pile of bricks and that leads me on to the fourth bonus point which is just do it right now if you're one of those people that you've got cash sitting in the bank and you can see it, it's there, it's safe. You can log into your bank and you can check and you've got 50 grand sat there nicely. Awesome. It's there, it's safe. You've got 100 grand, 200 grand, 500,000, a million, whatever it is. You've got that money sat in your bank, even if it's 20,000 pounds, you've got it. It's safe. It's yours. No one can touch it. And in some ways, you've probably got a little bit of apprehension, a little bit of nervousness about taking it out of your safe and secure bank and buying a property with it. Because now in your mind, that's when it can all go wrong. It can't go wrong while it's sat in the bank, but it can go wrong when you buy a property. Maybe you buy a place and property prices plummet to the floor, or you buy a place and you move a tenant in and the tenant doesn't ever pay rent, or you buy a place And it falls down, the roof caves in, the walls fall down. It's all disastrous because, you know, the second you use your hard-earned money to invest in a property, that's the property that's going to go to absolute crap. And it's going to be the worst investment in the history of property investing. That's going to happen to you. So you'd leave it, you'll leave it in your bank. You'll leave it there where it's safe and secure. You know, somewhere in your mind, you know that that money is more than just money that money is you know this that money is an opportunity it's an opportunity to invest and generate some income to buy something or invest in something that's going to grow in value over time you know that in the back of your mind you know that but something stops you from investing it's the fear you're nervous about it you're worried about investing that money because you think it's all going to go wrong and you're going to lose all your money well i have done another video And I also did a podcast on my podcast, The Anonymous Landlord, about how to protect yourselves from those things. If you're gonna put your cash into a property investment, those things that I just said, you you, you know, the, the risks, if you like, you move a tenant into that property and they don't pay any rent. You buy a house and it's actually turns out to be a whole world of terrible crap that falls down, it's falling apart. It cost you loads of money to repair or property prices go down or mortgage interest rates go even higher or all of these things that might in your mind mean you lose all your money you don't lose your money and that's what i've covered in the other videos and podcasts so have a listen to those um, or do you, do you know what just contact me and i'll talk you through them one-to-one personally but you've got to do it you've got to do it and here's why let's just take a nice easy figure You've got, sat in your bank right now, £20,000, right? And I'm going to use that figure on purpose. I think a lot of people would have £20,000 sat in a bank, which they're waiting to do something with. They want to do something with, but they just haven't. They always think, yeah, I should do something with that, but never actually do. £20,000 sat in the bank today. Well, in two years... So right now, today, you've got £20,000 sat in the bank. Right now, you can buy, for an example, 20,000 loaves of bread. Nice. Well, in two years' time, you won't be able to buy 20,000 loaves of bread with that 20,000 pounds. You won't, because the cost of that bread will have gone up, but your 20,000 will still be 20,000 sat in your bank. So it might be that today you can buy 20,000 loaves of bread, but tomorrow, well, say tomorrow, but in two years' time, you'll only be able to buy 150,000 loaves of bread. No, you'll only be able to buy 15,000 loaves of bread. So you just lost 5,000 loaves of bread just purely because you've done nothing. That's harsh. So that's one reason why you should take your money out of the bank and invest it in a property. Second reason is that you have an opportunity with that money to generate yourself some income, some additional income. Now, you can use that income to grow and buy more properties and further invest, or you can use that money to enjoy your life that little bit more, extra couple of meals out, extra couple of holidays, more expensive car, whatever it might be. doesn't matter. But that £20,000 that's sitting in your bank gives you an opportunity. And all the people that invest in property have the same risks. Everybody does. It doesn't matter. If you buy a buy-to-let property, you have the same risk as person number two who also buys a buy-to-let property. You have the same risk as person number three who doesn't buy a buy-to-let property, but chooses to. You're all going to have the same risks if you buy a buy-to-let property. And the reason why buy-to-let is the most popular form of property investment is it's the lowest risk. You'll see so many adverts for so many property trainers and property mentors and gurus and experts and everybody trying to sell you everything they possibly can all these training courses you could possibly do they'll all say different things compared in relation to what they're trying to sell you i'm the same i'm preaching buy to let i'm going all out on buy to let because i own a lettings management company so of course i want you to be a landlord and use my lettings management company to fully manage your property of course i do I also love buy to let because I buy buy to let and also my sourcing team, my property broker team, they focus on buy to let. So that's why I always talk about buy to let because that's what my whole business and all of my investments are about. But there's a difference. If you strip all that away and focus on the just the facts, the actual facts, then actually buy to let across the board is the safest property investment you can make. Simple as that. doesn't matter whether I'm selling you a training course, which I'm not, I don't do the training courses. It doesn't matter whether I'm selling you mentorship, which I don't, because I don't do mentoring. doesn't matter what I'm selling you. Actually, all I'm doing is giving you an option. If you're gonna go into buy-to-let or you're a landlord, I'm just giving you an option. You can use my company to manage your property or find you a buy-to-let property, or you can do it yourself. I'm not, that's why I don't sell. I just tell you about what I do. So all of these people that will sell you services and training courses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they'll probably tell you opposite in relation to what they want to sell you. So for example, people that preach serviced accommodation will probably say that buy-to-let's no good. People that preach HMO will tell you that buy-to-let's no good. People that preach build, new builds, will tell you buy-to-let's no good, whatever, depending on what they're trying to sell you. But go back to the facts and focus on the facts. If you're happy to take on a slightly higher risk in return for a potentially higher return, serviced accommodation, HMO, build, whatever, is a good way to go. If you're more comfortable with safe and reliable, well, I call it press property. Uh, press properties, profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe, go buy to let, whatever. Anyway, that was a bit of a rant, I guess, wasn't it? But look, just do it because also you're not stuck With your property if you buy a buy to let property today and in a year's time you're not happy with it sell it there's always demand if you buy the right property so hopefully that helps let me know if you need me or my company for anything book a discovery call with me and my team speak to you soon